Hello and welcome to OU's Nach Yomi. You can find this year posted at ouradio.org/nach or on my website ericlevy.com under the recording section. This is Rabbi Eric Levy, and I'm pleased to bring to you chapter 23 of the book of Job. Vayan Iov Vayomar. Iov responds and says, and he is responding to the following assertions that Eliphaz made in the previous chapter. One, God doesn't need man to be found righteous or to be found flawless. Man needs God, not vice versa, so you, Eo, should not expect to get a hearing with him. Number two, you are a sinner. Number three, things work out for the righteous and the wicked in the end. The first two will be dealt with in this chapter, chapter 23, and the third will be dealt with in chapter 24 as Eov continues his speech there. Even today my words or my prayers are bitter, my hand lies heavy on my sighs. The images of one who's holding his mouth to keep in sighs of pain from getting out. Many Mephorshim translate this differently, that they translate the word yadi as afflictions on me, uh, and those afflictions are greater than my sorrow was, my sighing was. But I, I prefer the first translation because uh, we've seen before this imagery of how Eov is either biting his hand or, or covering his mouth to hide his pain. Also, based on the phrase gam hayom, it would appear that each round of discourse, remember we're in the third round of discourse, may have been taking place on a different day. That is, Eov's, uh, first response, that is, Eov's first response was on day one, Eov's second response is on day two, and now that Eov is responding to Eliphaz for the third time, that's on the third day. Um, so one could assume that it's a brand new day, and Eov was hoping for some a comfort afforded by waking up on that brand new day, and he could find none at all. If only I would know where to find him, that is, I would know where to find God, I would come to his foundation place. Foundation place probably means the place that he built for such meetings, the place that he set up. Maybe it means a throne. That could be a good translation also. I would lay before him my case and I would fill my mouth with legal arguments. Not only would I make my arguments, I would know the words that he would respond with to me, and I would understand what he said to me. Would he dispute me with great power? No. But he would place before me. And I think what that means is that God would place a good argument before me without overwhelming me with his godly might. That was his first response to Eliphaz when he said, if only I could get a court case. And, and, and in that court case, God didn't act like this overpowering, uh, you know, supernatural being. Because if he did that, I would, I would stammer and I would not be able to convey my thoughts. What he's saying is, if I did get that court case, not only would I be able to understand what he's saying, but he would not spend all his time frightening me and, and making me fall down before him and therefore I could state my case very well. Sham yashar because there the just ones may face him and then I would escape from my judge forever. Meaning, since I, Eov, am innocent, a simple court case would do the trick because a righteous person, a yashar, has the right to stand before him and offer his case. And God would agree 
and then my suffering would, would end, and then I'd be free from what has been happening up to this point. This is a critical issue. Eov's problem is not so much that God is unjust, but that he is transcendent, that his God is invisible. He can't be reached by telephone, so to speak. And therefore, if things don't work out the way one would expect, a human would expect, that person cannot argue one's position and try to get a reprieve. So if only God could be found, if only we could communicate with him, then problems would surely be resolved. But things just don't work that way, as he will now describe. Hain kedem eheloch ve'einenu. Behold, I walk to the east and he isn't there. And then backwards, meaning to the west, and I don't perceive him. To the left, meaning the north, since he's facing east, uh, as he makes it, and I don't spot him. To the right, meaning south, and I cannot see. There are a few items of note in this interesting verse. One is left and right, small and yamin, are coordinates, like uh, north and south, which are used in Tanakh, but very rarely. The first time they're used, one of the few times they're used, is in, when, when Abraham, when Abraham says to Lot, you know, if you go left, I'll go right. Um, so if you go left, I go right. If you go right, I'll go left. Also, the second thing to notice is that the word achaz here does not mean to grab as it will mean in a few verses. The Aleph is not part of the root, Aleph, Chet, Zion, but the Aleph is a prefix for the first person future tense. The, the root of the word is actually Chaza, or Jose, to see, and the hay drops off. So Achaz means I cannot see him, or I, I cannot get a vision of him. Finally, it's not clear what he means by Ba'asoto, Smolo Ba'asoto Velo Achaz, uh, to the north as he makes it. Maybe he means, um, I can't find the place he made in the north, that is the, this foundation place which Eov was searching, which he mentioned in the previous verse. Now, in verse 10, Eov explains why he is desperate to find this place, because in a rejection of Eliphaz, Eov asserts that he is, not only is he not guilty of all those crimes, he's not guilty of any of those crimes, which Eliphaz bombarded him with in the previous chapter. In fact, he is completely righteous. He says, Because he, that is God, knows my behavior. When he tested me, the word bochen means to test, I came out golden, kazahav etzei. Eov is invoking actually the image of being put through a test like a crucible of fire, and the, the way the gold flows from it in a pure way, Eov flowed from this test purely. And, and of course we know this to be true, because we read the first two chapters, and we know that Eov has committed no sins. Um, Eov and his companions are not privy to that information, so Eov's companions thinks he's guilty of sin, but Eov knows himself that he is not. My legs have seized into his steps, meaning I walk the path that he tells me to walk, or I walk the path that he sets. I have guarded it without straying. Again, in the word at, at the end of the sentence, the aleph again means I, I will not, vilo at, I will not stray. And the hey again drops off from the verb, which is nata, nun, tet, hey, which means to bend or to turn away. The word achazah here, however, which we had previously, which meant to see, here the aleph is part of the root, and it does mean to grasp. Uh, and the reason why there's a hey at the end means she grasped, meaning my leg, which is a feminine noun. 
As a poetic aside, just to talk a little bit about poetry, the idea of using the same uh, consonants, the same seeming words with with the same consonants, with the same letters to mean different things, was considered high improvisational art. Uh, they used to challenge each other to see how many lines of poetry they could come up with uh, using the same word but with different meanings. Uh, this was done by this the, during the time of the great Spanish poets, uh, Jewish Spanish poets in the Middle Ages. And in fact, Abraham Ibn Ezra uh, was considered to be one of the best at this thing. And if you want an example of how he uses uh, a word in many ways in poetry, take a look at what he does with the word Yitro. In he uses it in three different ways for three different intents. Uh, in his poem, which he introduces for his commentary in Parshat Yitro. So, as we've noticed before, and, and it goes without saying almost, but I guess it does worth uh, uh, repeating, uh, the author of our book of Eov is a poet of the highest caliber. Mitzvat sifatav velo amish mechuki tzafanti imrefiv. I have not removed myself from commandments of his lips, the words of his mouth I stored like treasure as my laws. Eov declares his innocence in no uncertain terms. So what he's saying is, I wish I could add a court case with God, because I know he would have uh, uh, agreed with me and taken away all my punishments. The problem was, I looked and I looked and I couldn't find him, because he's not really findable. But now he returns essentially to an argument that he's made before, which is God is so powerful, and because we cannot have a meeting with him. No one can force him to change even when the things that he's doing are not comprehensible or I should probably go so far as to say they're not right in Eov's eyes. But he is alone, so who can make him withdraw? What his soul desires, he does. And using the word nafsho for God is way out there. Assigning, essentially, Eov is doing here, he's assigning petty desires, human desires to God, as if God had a man's soul with man's desires. I, I could soften it up and translate the word nafsho as just desire rather than soul, but it is what it is. And who am I to soften Eov's words? These are very harsh words against God. And he completes my punishment. Here the word chok is used differently than it was two verses ago. There, he said, God's laws are my laws. My chuki are God's laws. Here, the word chuki means to chisel in or to carve in. God is paying him back with the same word to highlight the irony. I followed his chukim, and he gave me chukim right back, but they weren't laws, they were punishments against me. Getting back to the verse, and he has many more like these with him, meaning many more punishments for innocent people. Again, these are harsh words, and feel free to soften them. Um, but I think I'm translating them correctly. Eov is suffering here, and his words show it. And uh, I think it's fair to say that sometimes we don't always say the nicest things, even to God, when we are a state of, of suffering. And that's why I'm shaken up before him. Eliphaz uses the same words in the uh, the last phrase, uh, but he blamed the word behala on the wicked. That is, when Eliphaz accused God of being mivahel, of shaking up Eov, 
he said it's because of what you did. But Eov uses the same word that Eliphaz did, Behala, to say it wasn't me that did it, it was God that did it. Returning to the verse, et bonein ve'efchad mimenu, I understand, meaning I understand how all this works. And that's why I'm afraid of him. Don't tell me I don't understand how God works, I understand how God works very well, and that's what's causing me all this fear. Because God has softened, meaning he's weakened my heart. And Shaddai, which is the destructive name for God, has shaken me, shaken me up. The word Behala carries the sense of running around in haste and not knowing what to do. This is a very difficult verse. Rabbi Yosef Kaira, Rashi's student, says it means, had God not weakened up my part and shook me up, as he stated in the previous verse, I never would have been silenced or exterminated, nitzmati, before the darkness, that is, all of the terrible things which came my way. And I never would have been covered up by the gloom that was before me. It's a very hard accusation against God. Rashi understands this in a slightly less accusatory Away, he actually thinks it's more of a supplication to God, which is God has shook me up. The reason why I'm nitzmati is because He hasn't let darkness cover me, which means He didn't just let me die, which is something that Eov has really been praying for since He opened up His mouth in chapter three. Either way, Eov rejects that he is guilty, and he lays his current situation not as a product of his own actions but of God's. And unfortunately, since God can't be reached by man, and therefore he does what he does without man being able to challenge that ruling, he suffers and he suffers in a way which he finds unbearable.